Hello and welcome to this episode of Art and Science Punks. And this is a podcast where we explore the things that we've been uh, making and doing and learning with our kids and the the things that we're f- using as fuel for our, our whole family's learning process. And uh, families that are doing that kind of thing as well. I am Rob Stenzinger, one and- of your hosts and... And I am Kate Stensinger, another one of your hosts. <laughs> all right. Well, all right, Kate. Um, what what uh, what have you been working on this week that that sort of helps in the world of art and science? I think we've been doing a lot of art and science around around our house this last week, and I think a couple of topics that I'd like to cover tonight uh, are really, you know, tis the season, right? It's late October, so um, a lot of fall things going on, a lot of um, uh, Halloween activities going on in, in our experiences. So um, I would like to talk a little bit about uh, carving pumpkins, one of my favorite activities and all of the different um experiences that can go into that because it's um, it's art it's creative it's also very um, almost a little engineering right mm-hmm. and um, dealing with that negative space and how you figure out what your design is going to be and then physically um, carving pumpkins which um, depending on the tools you have can be uh, more challenging than you think mm, that that's awesome and uh, I think I, and after we talk about that I would like to talk about the uh, a game spinner project. Yes, yes. I was mm-hmm. going to say, what what uh, art and science have you been punking this week? <laughs> uh, well, uh, we I had a project with uh, that I, I worked on uh, part solo, part with uh, one of our one of our kids on uh, finding a way to have a game spinner for a for a game that we we bought last year that didn't it just came. F- missing in the box without the right parts uh, so frustrating fact, we even wrote the company and they sent something else that was a weird thing <laughs> something and, that had nothing to do with the game at all yeah they so, sent game pieces from a completely different game yep. and i knew i was in for trouble because there was actually a spot on their website to indicate which pieces were missing from their game like they had a form <laughs> pre-form pre calculated form to say hey which which pieces were missing and we'll send them out to you and then they sent me parts to a different game so yeah that was disappointing chances are this has happened before with them so um but i didn't want to throw away the game and i wanted to get a get a spinner for it and i thought that would be we we finally had a chance to get to that project and uh and i think we we made a a decent one so a fantastic spinner yeah so we'll look at that too um but okay halloween and pumpkin carving one of my favorite things to do is pumpkin carving. And so um, for folks listening that may not know, we have um, an almost seven-year-old and she participates in um, the pumpkin carving as well. And I was looking back and thinking back and I think we've been letting her carve her own pumpkins. Now, I think this is the third year that we've actually let her, um, you know, really get in there with the saws and, and do. I mean, the first year, I know it was it was pretty challenging for her to, to do that, but we let her um, really work it. And then last year, I know she carved her own pumpkin entirely. Mm. And this year she did, I would say, 90% of the pumpkin herself. But the part I want to talk a little bit about is the process that we go through. And, and I think we find this in our family, um, in our approach to art, 
um, in many different ways. And that is, I come from a place where I need a pattern or a template. And that doesn't mean I'm going to follow the pattern or the template 100%, but I have to start with a pretty concrete pattern or template um, in order for me to be comfortable doing things. So I will go to the internet and I will print off um, pumpkin designs that, you know, I can literally lay on the pumpkin, trace the design or, you know, draw it on the pumpkin and then work from there. So that's my process. That's what I like to do and how I like to start with pumpkin carving is I need to go and find that reference material Mm. and actually transfer that onto the pumpkin in, in some way. Now, our oldest daughter will take a blank piece of paper and draw out what her vision is for her pumpkin. And then she will also draw that onto the pumpkin and go from there. And she's doesn't want to see any reference material. She doesn't want, she wants to just kind of do her own thing. And she's very determined that is her own design. And I so love that. Um, And so I'm curious what your process is or how you like to approach that. Well, I, I will swap in a process based on the amount of time I have available for it. Um, I have um, in the past created my own templates and that's mm-hmm. that's a bigger investment, but it's uh, it's something that I find it a fun problem to solve because there's the whole um, you can't like a pumpkin is this structure that well it's filled with its goop and pretty sure that's a scientific term. I think that is the term pumpkin goop or you know guts depending on what area the, the nation you're from or the world and. Uh, you got to get those out of there. You put some kind of light source inside and somehow the light comes through the pumpkin, right? Sure. And it could be based on either it's totally empty space or it's, it's more translucent where you've, you've sort of carved a, you've, you've carved partially through the pumpkin, not all the way through. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's, uh, it, it's, it provides, um, well, okay. So if you, if you carve away too much, like I, I know, like growing up, I I've I would do some pumpkin carving with instruments that are nowhere near as fine as the ones we have right now, and uh, like just a steak knife or something. Oh sure. And that those were imprecise, and I would end up with weird stuff where it's like, oh, I wanted an eyebrow and an eye, and now I just have a giant eye. Oh you sure? No, I. My challenge as a kid is I um, really struggled understanding the negative space, so I would start cutting it out mm. and realizing. Like I had some shape kind of in the middle that wasn't connected to anything. So then I would just end up with a giant hole in the pumpkin, right? Because I was doing all this fine detail that was in the middle. And then it's like, oh, wait a minute. This isn't connected to anything. Like the nose isn't going to just hang there in the air. (laughs) Yeah. It's where there is a, yeah, there's some problem solving there. And and, uh, like picturing like how will this structure support something that looks like what I'm trying to depict exactly. with this pumpkin. And uh, thinking that through, if I have the time, I enjoy that. And also I'm fine with just sort of just um, carving a face in a pumpkin. Just take it, take it where it is yeah. and just start carving. Yeah. I do want to go back and say, I, um, I had forgotten until you just now mentioned um, that's right. It was so fun the year you know i think i mentioned earlier that i go out to the web and and find different um, designs and the year that you created designs based on some of your art and some of your characters that you commonly draw and those were some of the funnest pumpkins to carve 
And I know that was a lot more time and, and energy, but that was pretty cool to do that as well. Well, I had an added benefit. I mean, it was um, art that I, I I basically had another thing to share that was related to the webcomic I was working on yeah. at the time, which is um, Art Geek Zoo, and that's uh, still at artgeekzoo.com. And, uh, Do you still have the pumpkin designs out there? The pumpkin designs, it's funny, there's, um, yeah, I guess that, that's a bit of a tangent, but um, because I, I moved Art Geek Zoo from its hosting and... Now I have kind of a backup of the blog separate from the comic. Oh, sure. So it might be in the blog. I'll take a look. And, yeah, that'd be know. cool. Pull those back out. That's fun. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that's kind of, um, I think, a little bit on the process around carving pumpkins. And um, what I would you know tell our listeners is to you know supervise but trust your kids to explore that process a little bit. Uh, it has really been fun to watch, um, you know, and we've done some neighborhood carving too to watch just kids in general spend time um, making those creations and figuring out. I mean, so there's problem solving that happens. There's obviously some um, physical skill, uh, fine and fine motor, and I would even say some large motor motor for some some of that carving work. Yeah, um, you're not getting in there if you're just sort of doing your fine motor, tickling the pumpkin. Yeah, so there's a lot of I think good experience to have with that carving pumpkin. But um, I want us to move along and talk about this really great spinner that you uh, designed. Well, design would be more, uh, yeah, it was not planned um, other than I wanted to have a spinner. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But then it emerged as, and it was a collaborative effort with our eldest um, child that uh, um, I did some research and I thought, well, I, I don't really know how long we're going to invest in this project and how many um, sort of attempts and experiments you know we'll have time for. So let's check, see what's out on Instructables. And oh, sure. Great I, resource. I, I did some poking around. And for game spinners, I didn't find the kind of thing that I was really looking for. And that... Um, we that, might have to post the one you did then. Yeah, that's yeah, that that's a good idea. I really should, and I will uh, I will commit to doing that. I don't know if it'll be before this this airs or not, but we'll look into that. Um, so we'll put a link when we once we get it built. Indeed. So, okay, F- you know, did some research, didn't quite find what I was looking for, but I thought I know, like at different points in in elementary school, I had made spinners, right? I mean, there's. And I think a lot of times those were essentially like one of those brass, is it a brad or what is that? Oh, yeah. yeah. And you would kind of just um, carve the paper enough by spinning the brad where it kind of would spin, right? But I wanted something that would actually spin like something that comes in a, in the, in a game box. So I, I essentially set out, um, I have a few different bins of office supplies Bins like, um, I mean, about the size of um, standard printer paper. and uh, Like about, a ream of paper. About, yeah, about the height of a ream. Of, yeah, so yeah. yeah, there you go. And uh, I've got a few of those, you know, different categories of things. Some are like fastening things and, you know, glue and markers and whatever. And um, so I started just kind of pawing through that. And our eldest became interested in the project at that point. And um, anytime you get those office supplies out, one of the kids are going to come in and yeah. want to go through them. Everybody loves office supplies. Well, I, yeah, 
there's something about them where it's like, well, what can I do with this? This is neat. And uh, we were looking at sort of thumbtacks and seeing what we could do with that. Um, pushed uh, essentially, um, 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 our eldest cut a sort of arrow shape in construction paper that we poked a thumbtack through and into an eraser. And ah. we were experimenting with that and seeing like, well, something with a nice um, small metal shaft would probably help the spinning. And, uh, you know, way better than like some rough oval shape carved by a, uh, like a, a, the rectangle that's formed by a brad when you put it through something. And I, um, I thought, okay, cool. We're, we're making progress here. And, and, uh, and there, um, you know, this was a, this was a puzzle as far as continuing and engaging activity and also trying to solve the problem. And so how did this, so I would call this like version one, how did version one work with the construction paper and the eraser? Uh, it, it spun. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, it didn't spin for a long time, but, but it showed, um, it showed potential. Mm-hmm. It's, um, the construction paper arrow was a little flimsy and, you know, having an, an eraser underneath it, it didn't quite have a long spin, but it spun. Okay. Sure. And okay. so it was promising. So you you knew you were on the right path. Yeah. And um well we you know, we're thinking about how do we um iterate on this. And then it was just this this puzzle of looking around of like what do we have in our craft drawers and whatnot that could be a little better than this? Do we do we sort of fold and create sort of our own glued arrow? Because I could see that. Sure. Um, essentially making like our, our own sort of construction paper layered like plywood style arrow. <laughs> um, but then, uh, then I stumbled across uh, paper straws that are kind of a wax paper straw. Sure. And it was, um, then I thought, okay, this is, this has a lot of potential. And I poked a paper clip through it and just sort of spun the, the straw around and well, actually, to be honest, I actually used like a really small drill bit to get through the straw. Without... Oh, so it's a strong straw then. Yeah. It, well, <laughs> exactly. I needed to go to the, to the, um, you know, the, the rental store to <laughs> come home with a sawzall. <laughs> to get through the straw. <laughs> to get through the straw. I'm going to have to check the straws in our cupboards. Impressive straw. Uh, no, it's, it's, it was just like a little tiny drill bit to like, to not mash up the straw while trying to poke through it because it's sturdy enough, but it's not like it would stay structurally round if I was just trying to jam a paperclip. Sure, you would have flattened the straw. Exactly. I get it. And then it wouldn't spin as well. Yes. There you go. So um, then it it spun okay on the paperclip after it drilled a little hole through, poked the paperclip through. And uh, so then it was a matter of like, well, what do we make? How do we make a base, like a, a foundation for this thing? And... Uh, well, we have uh, on hand um, the uh, cardstock printer paper, right? And it's something that I use to draw on because I find it's um, it's a, it's a satisfying surface that that um, takes a variety of media very well. But then, um, what I did was I used the pliers and I bent the I bent the paper clip at a ninety degree ninety degree angle, 
folded a piece of cardstock and I used a glue stick to, you know, well, actually I did recruit our daughter to, um, you know, get that in there. Yeah. And so here we go. There's this paper clip trapped, right? Um, but with a little bit of it poking out. Nice. And then that mostly worked, except there was a little bit of the paper clip sticking out. So we used some more of the straw glued on top of it in the middle, which actually is a nice little handle to grip and help spin it. Oh, so the paper clip went all the way through the straw, came out the top. Exactly. So then to protect that sort of top little pokey part. Um, you just put like a little handle on the top. Yeah, put a handle on the top, which is just another, another little section of straw. And then we used part of our, two different parts of our, our original construction paper arrow, because I'm trying to, you know, reuse as much from, um, you know, our eldest effort. Yeah, right. She did that design and... Um, made that arrow so i think it's cool that you were able to you know bring that into your next iteration because this one spins really well and the one more piece that was like what really brought it to the next level of spinning yeah. is that um is the little disc we um it's almost like a washer yeah exactly it's a little piece of paper washer that is below the arrow and then put the arrow on top of it and that gives it some Really Can you guys excellent. hear that spinning? He's spinning it. <laughs> yeah, I'm spinning it. And uh, it has some nice, like, you don't know exactly where it's going to stop. Where That was the thing, too, is when we tested it, we're like, um, when it, without the washer, it seemed like it wanted to stop pretty frequently on a couple of different um, So the same answer. Yeah, yeah, and I thought, well, that's not going to be a great game spinner. No. You got to have more randomality. Exactly. So then we, you know, we had that washer on there, played with it a lot. And um, and at the moment, it's like a blank slate spinner. So what we could do is we could essentially put, um, we could put post-it notes on it and use it, reuse it for our, like a variety of things. We could say like, you know, who has to clean the dishes spin, right? And, um, or make up anything we want as far as, as far as options that um, we just put at the, on the edges of these post-its. Fantastic. Well, I'm excited to get that defunct game out mm -hmm. and see if we can't play that game now yeah. that we have a spinner yeah me too that was <laughs> and that that would be you know pretty rewarding because, yeah, yeah we well it. i think it's been a pretty successful week of um art and science at our house yeah exactly and that's that's always a um you know you never know how much we'll we'll end up getting out there but we continue to uh poke around and explore this and and let me just add that you know not only the we won't just bring the successes to our to the um, art and science punks show we will also bring our colossal failures because I know in our family we um, are strong believers in that we learn a lot from failing and so we will bring those as uh, um, also but I think this week these two were um, pretty good successes. I yes, I'm a slightly hesitant. Where I I do think I could have I could have done better figuring out ways to help um, help that spinner be more of um, a an engaging activity, right? And it probably would have involved me finding different solutions and then helping you know set up different components and and having. Um, I don't know, like, I not that it has to be figured out ahead of time, but like some of those, those, it, it, it was a puzzle to, for me to both try to finish and make the, make an, a, a useful spinner. And like when, um, like when 
uh, our eldest saw the progress, it was it, it would become exciting and interesting again. But it was it wasn't always like a like that engaging. Sure, but I think that's developmentally appropriate, mm-hmm. and I think that's that's fine. And I I still count it as a as a success because also she was exposed to that problem solving mm-hmm. process and technique. And even though she maybe wasn't there a hundred percent of the time or wandered off or, you know, started, you know, cutting paper and playing with other things, she still was there to experience mm-hmm. that process. And we know that that'll, those will be things that we'll see her bring back into her make mm-hmm. work in the future. All right. Good point. Good point. So I'm going to count you count that as a success. Cool. But I will promise to bring failures also. <laughs> All right. Well, and that's an example of how even when things you know tend to go well, we can look at like, well, how, how might it have Absolutely. gone better and, and whatnot too. And that's a great point. That's a really great point. Part of how we explore. And it is, and also we um, encourage folks and, and we do ourselves to, to reflect back on these things. And so I think it's mm-hmm. a good thing to think through and to think back on. So thanks for bringing that. Uh, my pleasure. Thanks for the pumpkin exploration too. Well, this has been uh, our exploration in art and science punks. Thank you very much for listening to, listening to this. I have been Rob Stenzinger, and I'm at Rob Stenzinger on Twitter. And I have been Kate Stenzinger, and I'm at Baby Comics on Twitter. Catch you next time.